it was a day event at a major convention where we were able to make that presentation with a bunch of Brazilian dancers, um, sam- <laughs> the samba beating away, and then sit back afterwards with a couple of cold drinks and think, boy, oh boy, there's a boy from a boy from Norfolk Island and a guy from Wollongong sitting here on the international stage, and we would never been afforded except for being involved in this company in this industry. People all around the world love sport. From playing ball in the backyard through to the Olympic and Paralympic podiums, the majority of the world's population play, watch and enjoy sport. Steve Dart from Play Hard Sports gives listeners the chance to meet people from across the world of entertainment, sports and business who are affecting the way international sport is unfolding. So, with the combination of technology, passion and great people wanting to tell their story, it gives rise to Play Hard Sports Behind the Games podcast. Well, here we are, beautiful Gold Coast today. It's um, my privilege to uh, introduce uh, Rob Kirkwood. He is the National Sales Manager for Polytan. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Fantastic, Steve. Great to be up here in the Gold Coast, uh, as is the weather today. Outstanding. What are you doing up here today, Rob? Uh, we've had some senior management meetings, so it's a great opportunity to mix business with great weather and a great location, but also for the finalisation of a big project we've done at Runaway Bay. Uh, okay, let's get into that a little bit later. Let's talk about you and uh, coming through uh, the Bachelor of Engineering. Tell me a bit about your history as a young boy going through education. Tell me a bit about your background. Yeah, sure. Growing up in Wollongong, influenced by a, a very senior mentor uh, through mining engineering as a, as a kid and through school, through the University of Wollongong and my Bachelor of Engineering in Mining Engineering. Okay, so coming out of that, what were the um, employment contracts from that? Did you get straight into Polytan or was there a bit of a series of events? I was thinking to myself, what am I doing in mining engineering? I really love sport, played sport all my life. And uh, here was an opportunity to get involved with the first indoor sports and fitness centre that was developed in the Wollongong area called How's That Indoor Sports and Fitness? Yep. Tell me a bit more about that. So 150 of us applied. I fell out. It was fantastic. Had uh, six years there until we unsold it and back in 89, and then went to Newcastle and ran a much larger centre up there for a partner at the time through the, through the earthquake and, and the like, and had quite an interesting time in that, in that industry. Can you just go back on, obviously that earthquake was a pretty traumatic time for a lot of people. Give me a bit of depth about you, your friends around that time. Yeah, wow. I mean, we were up there. It was, we'd made some great friends in our time at Newcastle and uh, it demolished part of the building that we were in, and so we had, the, we had the challenge of getting the business back up and running again, as well as seeing the effect it had on some of our friends and some of their businesses. Uh, but we got it up and running again and uh, in a fairly short time thereafter. Yeah, sure. A lot of devastation in the town at that time. Yeah, a hell of a lot around, uh, around Hamilton and the like. Fortunately, we were a little bit south at a lovely little hamlet called Cohiba, mm-hmm. and uh, we avoided a lot of it personally. But certainly getting the business back up and running and thinking about all those mouths to feed yeah. for the people we're empo- employing was very important to us. Yeah, sure. Okay, from there, where'd you go? So, uh, unfortunately, my dad died. It was time to return to Wollongong. Mm-hmm. Um, and a partner I had at the time in the, in the uh, industry said, 
We've got a little synthetic grass manufacturing plant at the back of Blacktown. Do you interested in coming and having a talk to us? Because with your engineering background, mining and engine, mining engineering, civil engineering, they, they marry together sure. right up to the end. We, uh, he said we might be able to do something like larger projects, maybe some synthetic hockey fields and the like that, we, that he wasn't into at that time. Okay. And, uh, okay, so 20 years experience at the moment. You've had some major projects you specialise and look after. Name some of those for us. Well, I guess if we go right back then, we had some immediate success in country New South Wales. And from there, we finished up within 12 months being bought out by the biggest company in the world who said, Rob, we'll take you on. We'll run you as our field and track expert. And uh, here's the tender for the athletics tracks for the Sydney Olympic Games, wow. 1993. Wow. Wow. First time I'd seen a tender or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. So how did you take that? Were you were excited to go home, tell the family, hey, listen, this is where I've got to from this journey to now? It was a fabulous opportunity. Yep. So we, uh, we grabbed it. We, uh, myself and a small team, we put together a young engineer we had with us at the time and two in-house, uh, two in-house girls, and the four of us put a team together yep. that – decided to take it on and try and win the surfacing for those first Olympic Games uh, foot, uh, athletics tracks. Wow, the Sydney Olympic Games, big, big sports profile here in, um, in Australia and Sydney. Tell me a bit about um, what was involved with some of those projects that you did there at Sydney. So we were successful in getting the hockey surfacing, which was a massive change. It had been dominated by Dutch suppliers for many years. The International Hockey Federation was very much uh, dominated by Dutch influence. Can I ask why? Uh, that's where hockey. That's where hockey was strong in Europe, and uh, that was a hotbed of uh, of hockey at that time. Okay. But we were able to introduce some Australian uh, Australian benefits into it, local manufacture, and we introduced for the very first time for hockey a different coloured surround to try and highlight the field, and we did it in a terracotta on the basis of trying to represent that ochre look of uh, you know the inner inner parts of Australia and. It hit a chord. We were fortunate. We got the hockey fields down, but at the same time, we we were also fortunate enough to win the athletics track surfacing first time and had been awarded to anyone outside of a, an Italian supplier. Wow! And that was done in a site shed, a full presentation, a site shed to twenty people from Civil and Civic, who were the head contractor at that time. It was a massive high for all of us at the time. So, so what was the magic in that presentation? Where did you excel? What was the difference that you got this award? Uh, we were local. We had an office very close by. We were Australian, and there was a real move to have an Australian influence in supplies to those Olympic Games. And so we were we were fortunate enough, and we did. We were we won the we won the tender. It was the first time I'd ever done a project, ever been involved in a project. It was over $1 million, and I still got the certificate at home. It was wow. great fun. Congratulations. Who is Polytan? How did it start? Polytan is the name now of the contracting arm of our, op- of our operation. We manufacture, but we also contract. So Polytan looks after about 50% of the various synthetic sports surfaces that we manufacture down in Melbourne, and we're responsible for taking those surfaces to the market for larger projects, athletics tracks, hockey fields, synthetic football fields, synthetic rugby, rugby league fields, and offering them then on a complete design, construct, install, maintain, resurface, and that's, and that's the heart of where Polytan sits. Sure. So why are you leading the way in that market? 
I think the benefits of local manufacture um, are real in our industry. Also, the fact that we added a number of good, young uh, engineering uh, resources and certainly uh, led by our design team and Paul Campus, they have been just fantastic in, in engaging with our clients to offer really good solutions. So the client has got one door to knock on from their concept right through to their them playing on that synthetic field. Wow, great answer. Give me a bit of an understanding of the management structure within your um, Polytan Australia. So uh, Polytan Asia Pacific is our, is our division, and we look after the Australian division of that. We closely liaise with the New Zealand division as well, and also all through Asia Pacific. So we have a general manager in Paul Campus. We have an operations manager in Sean Gowdy, myself as sales manager, and then a large construction, project management, engineering team, all reporting back to a CEO for the Asia-Pacific region, Steve Nevin, a vibrant, young 40-year-old, who is then directly involved in the international board. So we've got a regional facility who is reporting back to, if you like, our operation, then through to Steve, who have got a vision in the international in the international board uh, at his board meetings that he has with various other areas in the world. Great. What is the vision for Polytan? The vision is to get more people playing sport. Yeah. We, we're not interested in just having more synthetic fields. They need to be the right field in the right location and allowing to have certainly multi-sport activity on these fields as opposed to in the early days, what was a dedicated surface for a hockey field or the like, trying to get variety of play on a single activity on a single surface. Yeah. And if we look at some of our most recent ones that have met requirements for uh, football, uh, rugby, rugby league, AFL, all of those capability meeting international sports performance on one single field to give it a fit-for-purpose activity for the local community. Yeah, well said. Were you a sportsman yourself growing up? No, I loved it. I loved it. I was very much being a Wollongong boy. It was rugby league and cricket, yep. and that was my and that was my life. And through cricket, I played till I was 40, probably till I was too old, but I was still playing first grade and having a bit of fun. Yep. But as a rugby league was the early passion, yep. um, and uh, it was through rugby league that I finished up moving, playing out of the Wollongong area to a little place south of Wollongong called Kayama, yep. where I, in fact, met my wife. And yep. uh, we've been married ever since, just coming up to 35 years in the near future. Congratulations. Behind every great guy is a great woman. How is your wife? A champion, yep. <laughs> she would need to be. There's, a lot of, there's not many home games for a Wollongong boy yep. building synthetic fields throughout Australia and Australasian region. And so... She's been fantastic, brought up our, uh, our two girls and uh, who've both now had girls and in, within the last fortnight, uh, for the first time, thankfully, a boy, Charles wow. Robert. Congratulations. It makes me feel pretty, um, pretty proud. Uh, outstanding. It's been, a, it's, been a great, it's been great fun the whole way through. They support me completely. Yep. And uh, as, as, you, as you touched on there, Steve, without them, you don't get the chance to go and shine on the on the international stage. Yeah, thanks. Well said. Um, in regards to international travel, where have you been? What have you seen? And, and do you like getting away? I love getting away. Uh, it's always a case of too much or too little yep. all at one particular time. It comes in a rush. Seen so much of Europe because of the presence of 
synthetic fields in Europe and the strength of our international operation through Europe, but also through the US where, you know, right from the very early days looking at uh, other surfaces that were strong, you know, we're, you know some of the real um, family names of synthetic sports surfaces come uh, through the US, but also through um, various areas in Asia with the uh, with the uh, running of our agent conference that we do every year yep. and being heavily involved in that. There hasn't been many countries that I haven't had the opportunity to visit directly as a result of having been involved in this company and this industry. Great. How proud are you as an Australian going over there and presenting Australia and, and saying this is our business here, this is what we're doing in this market? Oh, there's a lot of activity, as you know, with the Commonwealth Games coming up. Obviously, you're quite proud in representing Australia with Polytown there. I love to poke the chest out and talk about what we do from Australia. We to be able to go and do the the hockey fields for the London Olympics, and so take products that are manufactured in Melbourne, taking young design guys that grew up and have come into this industry since I've been around, and have them go over there involved in the design, construct, and supply and installation of hockey fields halfway around the world into London was fantastic and just recently as last year um, having the opportunity at the uh, biannual conference at Cologne in Germany to launch on behalf of Polytan the Rio Olympic Games hockey fields that we provided Um, microphone was handed to me and said Rob you're Australian it's coming from Australia it's up to you and it was just it's 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 a, it's a good chance to poke out your chest. Absolutely. Tell me a bit about that night. How was it? Well, it uh, it flowed on really. It was a it was a day event at a major at a major convention where we were able to uh, make that make that presentation with a bunch of Brazilian dancers, um, sam- <laughs> the samba beating away, and then that night go to the Esto Awards, which is the European Sports Turf. Uh, organization yep. and have their annual award be given to Polytan for the innovation award for the London Olympics and be up on be up on stage with my great mate Sean Gowdy our operations manager and stand there in front of everyone receive their applause and um, and then sit back afterwards with a couple of cold drinks and think boy oh boy here's a boy from a boy from Norfolk Island and a guy from Wollongong sitting here on the international stage and it would never have been afforded except for being involved in this company and this industry. Congratulations. That's a fantastic story. Um, you were just awarded the official global supplier um, with a couple of the, uh, the 2018 and 2022 Hockey World Cups and Tokyo 220 Olympics. Tell me about how that all proceeded forward. Uh, we've had a long involvement with, in, with hockey, going all the way back to when I first started in that little synthetic turf manufacturing plant. We've had a close affiliation affiliation with hockey all the way through. Sydney Olympics was an important one for us and a massive milestone in all of that. But as is every little regional centre that you may that you may attend. But then to go on to Beijing, then to uh, London, now Rio, and uh, so all of those Olympics. That the the confidence that hockey internationally had in not only Polytan, but some of our people uh, gave them the confidence to say, look, we want to go ahead with a company that is dedicated into hockey, is genuinely trying to improve hockey for their players and their market. And so we had an opportunity. We went for it 
and we've been successful in getting that op- that recognition. Wonderful. Design integrity, what does it mean to you? Uh, design integrity to us means that we're not just trying to build a field to make some money. We're trying to build a field that is going to give real longevity so that uh, investment on behalf of the client is going to be over a long period of time. And so integrity is all a part of not only the integrity of what we're building that will be there for the long term, but the integrity at the end of the day, we can walk away from there knowing that reputations are intact and uh, expectations have been achieved. That's beautiful. What's the future bring for you, Rob? Well, <laughs> I've had a, I've uh, told my skipper that I've got a 2020 vision, and uh, his uh, response to that was, Rob, I've, I've seen you wear glasses at some of our meetings, but there's a 2020 vision for Rob Kirkwood, who'll be at that stage 64, and a time to perhaps just take a slightly backward step and to allow some of our real stars to come through in our company, uh, and. It's something that gives me a great deal of pride watching um, some of the guys come through our industry that are, have been now involved in well over 10 years but are still only 40 years of age. And so they've got many years left in front of them. Yep. And it'll be time for those ideas to be able to come through at a, at a senior level, an opportunity for me to, um, to take a, a slightly backward step. But I can't see myself leaving any time Doing soon. what, though? Backward uh, step, where do you go? Well, those grandkids are going to be getting older by then, Steve. Well, um, they're three through to two weeks at the moment. And so there'll be an opportunity to spend a little bit of time with them, but not without, uh, not without giving up the, not including giving up the industry because it's, it's been a part of it, the, in, the, the experience that I've been able to build up and that knowledge is, I think it's always going to be of some value to the, to the organisation and, uh, and so I'd be making sure that that all got passed on. Sure. I always ask this question, Rob. If you could go back in time and give yourself a call at, when you're a 20-year-old person, what, would you, what advice would you give to yourself? I'd have said probably think more about where you think you want to be in always be asking yourself, where do you want to be in five years' time? Not where you want to be in 20 years' time, not where you want to be in 40 years' time. But I'd like to have had the... The thought at that time, where do you want to be in five years' time? If here is where you are, where do you want to be? And if that's the case, how are you going to get there? And certainly for someone that's got a genuine passion, a genuine interest in something, for me, it was sport. Uh, I was never, I was a very good athlete, but I wasn't a gun. And here was an opportunity to have an involvement in sport and be mixing with magnificent sports people. Um, and providing them uh, surfaces and facilities that was going to allow them to um, pursue their craft. Sure. This is a sports and business podcast. What transferred from your sports background into your business background? Where have you excelled at both of those um, categories? I learned that when I went from mining engineering to running an indoor sports and fitness centre where you were everything. You were the cleaner. You were the entrepreneur. You were the maintenance guy, you were the person that did the draw, you were the person that had to calm the client on a day where they feel like they've been dudded by a referee. And so you very, very quickly learned the service industry and how people required and expected a level of service. And that's something that was born, it was in me through my parents and it's something that I endeavour to put through my kids and I'll endeavour to put through my grandkids that we are all of us, no matter what we do, involved in a service industry, whether it's just representing ourselves, our company, our products, or 
be at the be at our country Australia. Rob Kirkwood, thank you so much for your time. Cheers, Steve.